And welcome everyone to a new edition of TG Talk. My name is Cody Delmendo, and I am joined as always by my co-host Jeremy Bellman. What is going on, Jeremy? What is up, Cody? I am super excited to be here today. This interview that we have today uh, really hits uh, close to home for me because uh, we're talking about one of the stadiums that is in Los Angeles, something that I see on my way back home each time I fly in. So I'm very excited to talk about this guest today, aren't you? Yeah, man, I'm really excited. Um, it's always interesting to get a perspective from someone uh, who does something like this, uh, whether it's, you know, building a stadium like this guy or you know whatever something that's important that people are doing that you know people are interested into knowing how the idea might have came upon or how mm -hmm. they envisioned the stadium for example mm -hmm. um but the this guy's name is vincent marsala he is a alum of the california alpha beta chapter um, Jeremy, remember whenever we were off air and I could not pronounce his school completely? Well, I, I, I don't want to risk it again. So I, if you could tell us where he went to school, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So Vincent Marsala is a graduate of Cal State Poly Pomona. There you go, Cody. Thank you. Uh, and where he studied civil engineering. But before he did that, he was actually he actually joined the Marine Corps right out of high school, which is very impressive. Uh, it's incredible. Thank you for your service. Um, and after that, he did go on to Cal State Polybona study civil engineering. During his time as an undergrad, he wanted to get more involved, which is where he turned to SAE to look for some of that camaraderie uh, and all that attributes uh, that have contributed to his success uh, as an undergraduate, uh, as well as an alumni. Today, he is the superintendent for the Turner Construction Company, and he recently oversaw the construction of the SoFi Stadium in LA, which, as I mentioned to you before, is always one of the first things I see when I fly into LA. And once I fly in, I see that stadium, I know I'm home. Yeah, no, uh, like we kind of hinted at, at the beginning there a little bit, um, this is pretty cool. SoFi Stadium. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it or heard about it, like if you're not a big football fan, I recommend just pulling up the Google machine right now and 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 Google and SoFi Stadium because it is immaculate. It does not look like a a normal uh, football stadium, but it looks like a place I'd love to go someday. Uh, you know, I'm as a Bears fan, you know, Soldier Field is really old and honestly, they need a new one. And I've been an advocate for that for a really long time, but. <laughs> I, I don't know if there'll ever be a stadium exactly like SoFi Stadium is. Uh, and that that I think that's unique. That's what's awesome about it. And like you said, it, it welcomes everyone who's coming into L.A. when they fly into LAX. I think that's cool. I think that's different um, than a lot of places. So mm. with that said, uh, a little bit of info about SoFi Stadium. You know, they're going to host the Super Bowl next year in 2022. They're going to host the college football championship in 2023. And then they're going to have opening and closing ceremonies for the Olympics in 2028, which is awesome uh, for the next decade. They're already hosting some pr pretty big events. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's that's awesome so this I'm, episode, I'm saying like I'm, I'm saying I'm just super excited that LA is going to host 
all these upcoming events. You know, the last time I remember LA hosting the Olympics was, gosh, it was so long ago, but they did it at the Coliseum at USC, University of Southern California. Um, but just to hear that the Olympics are coming back to LA in 2028. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, there's, there's no other place I could imagine it being hosted uh, in the future. And so if I stadium, like Cody said, one of a kind, very unique. It's like something out of Tomorrowland and Disneyland. Like it, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Like I said, give it a Google search on the Google machine if you on the if Google you machine. <laughs> yeah, I like to call it the Google machine. It has everything that you ever need to know. Um, I love. But anyway, uh-huh. uh, this episode focuses on the importance of goal setting, self reflection, and getting out of your comfort zone. Vincent also discusses his SAE membership importance and encourages brothers to take advantage of their membership and all that it offers. I think that's really good advice. I think me and you do that. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. hoping everyone who listens is doing that, whether they're alums or undergraduates. So with that said, Jeremy, anything else we need to say before we get into this interview? Oh, gosh. Well, there's only just one small thing that I think uh, we should mention to our audience. As always, we have our trivia question for the episode, um, and we have some pretty awesome giveaways to give to you. But... If you want to get some of those giveaways, you got to stick around to the end because like I said before, pleasure comes from anticipation. So I know you're anticipating the trivia question and I want you all to stick around not only for this awesome interview, but for this trivia question. And it's a really good one today. Yeah, Jeremy, I have to ask before we start, does that does that quote or phrase like is that was that like in your high school yearbook when you're a senior? No, it's from a movie, but I forgot what it was from. Oh, great. You're such a movie buff. It makes sense. I am. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, with that said, let's get into this interview with Vincent Marsala and Steve Mitchell. Come sing to Sigma Alpha. Well, Vincent, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, the, the one nice thing I think about TG Talk is that uh, we get to, to view each brother's unique journey. And I think uh, your path is, is pretty interesting. So if you don't mind, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, as you stated, my name is Vincent Marsala, and I am uh, an alumni of the California Alpha Beta chapter, Cal Poly Pomona in Southern California. And originally, I'm from the East Coast, upstate New York. Um, I grew up in a, in a small town that uh, most people don't know. Um, but joining the military afforded me the opportunity to kind of uh, leave that area and, and embark on a journey after high school that allowed me to um, learn how to live on my own and travel the nation and, and world. And, and, it, and it brought me to uh, um, the West Coast in, in Southern California. So. Um, I ended up here in 2007, actually. So I've almost lived, I won't age myself, but I've almost lived half of my life now um, away from New York, away from family. So I'm kind of accustomed to, to, to diving into new things and getting to know people without the, uh, the security of family around. So that's, that's helped me grow a lot. So what's your uh, fondest memory of being an SAE, either as an alumni or an undergrad? 
Well, my experience with SAE was was a little unique because because I went in the service. Um, I was 17. I turned 18 right before I left for for Marine Corps boot camp. Um, and then when I when I got out of the service, I was 21. So that's when I was starting school. Um, I knew that I wanted to go into the engineering field. Um, I studied civil engineering and uh, I did a couple years of, of junior college um, while I kind of got myself back into school and in, into the civilian environment, which is clearly a little bit different than uh, the military environment. So um, going to Cal Poly uh, right away, my first year there, I kind of I kind of had an interest in it, but I thought to myself, I don't want to be the older person with with 18 year old freshman, 19 year old, you know, freshman, sophomores, so be it. So I ended up being, I'd say 24 when I started at Cal Poly, 23, 24. And then I didn't actually join until my third year um, of, of Cal Poly, which I was even older at that point. Um, so I was I was in the 25, 26 um, range. Um, but what really drew my attention, one of my fondest memories, probably my first interaction. I, I wasn't doing well in school. I was, I commuted nearly an hour a day. I worked in downtown Los Angeles, which is about an hour from, from campus. Um, and I worked nights. I was a security supervisor for, for AEG, um, doing security for the Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings, the Grammys and concerts and events that they had at the Staples Center in LA. And then I was commuting the long distance and taking an engineering curriculum that that was one of the, the stringent, most stringent in the nation. So so I, I started to fall behind in classes. I, I started to to utilize all my benefits through through the GI Bill. And I got to the point where I'm like in the security industry and law enforcement and, and the military background. And I I, I kind of had a had a thought that I might pursue that, you know, that direction. Um, but, but I don't know what it was. It was, it was rush week and I saw the true gentleman, um, canopy up in, in the, the, um, quad. And as I walked through and I said, you know what? And I kind of walked up and they were very welcoming and, and, you know, I, I just said the true gentleman. So I'm like, all right, that, that sounds a little bit more respectful than a typical thought of what a fraternity is. Um, so, so I started speaking with the gentleman there. I remember it was Kyle Wilkins, uh, part of our he was the the treasurer, I believe, at the time, or he held he held an e-board position. But he kind of started explaining and and they kind of did the recruitment thing, which I really didn't know I was doing as of yet. I kind of had an idea, but they started, you know, going brother to brother and meeting each each individual. And they were so welcoming. Um, they they provided the rush card for me and I said, you know, this is who I am and and I need something that that gives me that camaraderie back that I had in the military, that I had in athletics when I was growing up. Um, that that makes me want to be on campus and get involved and and it really was a life changer because it, it it turned me from almost flunking out of college and pursuing a different career path to to giving me an opportunity or a window to now create lifelong friendships and and memberships that that kept me in school pushed me through to get my bachelor of science in civil engineering and and because of that choice even at an older age it was it was an eye-opening experience, and I was actually part of the first semester. We called it quarter then, before they went to semester system. But I was part of the first generation of the non-pledge class. So I, I did the rolling uh, SAE rush, and you know, even the membership—they were honest about it. I said, "What do I got to do to pledge?" You know, like 
I was all into that because of the military background. I, I, I kind of wanted to go through that experience, but they said, you know, we don't really pledge anymore. And these are our events and this is the pr new process we're starting. And, and, and I kind of helped roll that out with them, you know, and I had some leadership experience and, and whatnot. So I kind of said, well, you should do this. Why aren't you doing this? And, and I got involved right away. And before I knew it, I lived in the, <laughs> I lived in the chapter house. I was the house manager. I was the eminent warden. <laughs> and, and, you know, three and a half years later, I was ready to graduate. So it, I, I moved out of my, my place in Long Beach, California, and, and I was able to move into the house, which allowed me to cut spending on, on, a, on my own place. I was less than 10 minutes from campus. And then eventually I got a job on campus as well. And then I left the, the Staples Center. And um, that was the best thing that ever happened to me as well, because now all my focus was campus, campus related events. And, and the house and in brotherhood. So I'd say, I mean, to, to, to give you a long answer, my, my fondest memory, which is just becoming a part of the brotherhood and learning everything that SAE has to offer. That's great. You, you've had a lot of success. What do you attribute that to? I believe that my success, it started as, as a young age. My mother was very driven. I, I grew up in a, a, a sing, with a single mother who had to work three, four jobs at a time and she, she never borrowed from anybody that I saw. She never, she never asked for anything. She made it work with what we had. And I saw that from a young age and I didn't know it then, but, but now that I'm having to do that for myself, it showed me that there's a way to do anything you want to do. And, and whether it might not be a direct, plat, direct path, um, um, you can get there. So I think my success has, has just become from not taking no for an answer. If I want to do something, I do it. And, and a lot of my, even my family, my close friends, they say, man, you, if anyone's going to do it, I'm going to do it. I've become that person because, because I will find a way, whether it be um, getting into an organization or, or moving up in a company quickly or getting on a job or, or getting a benefit. It, do, it doesn't matter. I will find a way. I'll, I'll, I'll network. I'll communication um, and integrity. Always remain honest to what you want and what your aspirations are. And I really learned through the, the programs and, and my, my master's program at USC, a lot of the business school etiquette um, that I learned was really how to self-reflect and try to acknowledge your, your, your self-intelligence and, and realize your flaws and improve on those. And then, and then you know, just pushing through to what you want. If you can't clearly articulate your goals, then you're not going to discover your purpose. And I've been able to, to say, I want to be that guy. I want to do that. I want to do that. And, and, um, and that's, that's really been my path so far. And to me, it, there's, there's nothing I can't do. So. Yeah. I, I, I love that answer. I remember when I first started at uh, Ameritech, I had a vice president, he put his arm around me, he said, just because someone tells you that you can't do it, doesn't mean it can't be done. Ask somebody else. And so I, I, I just kept asking people until I got the answer that I wanted. And, and then I would go make it happen. And I, I think that's, we all sort of get blocked sometimes in terms of, it's easy to take the first no, but to keep asking. At some point you have to realize no means no, but yeah. But I think if you're willing to push, you can find a way to get most of the things you want to get done, done. Yeah. So I, I, I love that answer. So he, here's a tough one. What's a mistake that you made that you learned something from? Uh, well, in life, we all make mistakes. Um, I, I grew up in, in sports. I grew up um, in the military. I, I was a coach, a high school uh, wrestling coach. 
And I would always tell them, no one likes to lose. No one likes to, to make mistakes. No one likes to admit to mistakes. It's a character flaw we all have, but if we're able to do so, we're able to grow and learn from those. So I would always tell them, you win and you learn, you never lose. Um, so, so a few things that I've, I've made, um, even being in the construction industry now and managing large um, scopes of work and, and new, new things is I'm, I, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. So when I build a scheduler, when I create a, a activity-based item for multiple people involved, I, I don't do the float thing. So I, I, I usually tend to say, all right, it's going to take you day, two days and the next person is on day three and it's flowing that way. But in life, nothing happens perfectly and you can't really put a, put a exact on, on dates and timeframes. So it's always better to, to build yourself that margin of error. And once I've learned to do that from the mistake and you say it's supposed to be done this day, but you know, with weather or with budget or with you know, waiting on answers for something or, or other, uh, you're able to, to calculate that into your, into your schedule. And by doing that, it, it develops an actual more accurate date. And then if you finish early, well, now you, now you look like the superstar because your schedule, you've beaten your schedule. You said you were gonna have something done next Friday, but it's done this Friday and, and, and now you're improving on it. So I think that can happen with personal goals. I think that can happen in any industry. Um, whether it be trying to budget for something, you don't ever want to do just barely enough. Um, you don't want to meet expectations. You want to exceed expectations. And that probably is another attribute to success is, you know, don't, don't just settle for the bare minimum, you know. Uh, tell me about that, uh, that beautiful view in your background. I think <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So uh, the beautiful view in the background is this uh, little stadium we did over in Inglewood, California. Um, <laughs> Now one of the largest and, and high-tech stadiums in the world for any any entertainment um, sport or or activity. Um, it's the SoFi Stadium at Hollywood Park. Um, I've been part of this project and fortunate enough to work with Turner Construction um, for the for nearly the last four years since we were um, just finishing up the foundation stage of the structure itself and. It's been the, one of the greatest things that's ever happened in my life because I've met so many great people in every industry, um, including construction, obviously, but the entertainment industry. And I've made friendships and connections and contacts that you know will, will carry on with me forever. Um, but, the, but the structure behind me, what you, what you can see in the picture, um, the large oval-shaped um, scoreboard is called the Oculus. It's actually 70,000 square feet. It's in interior screens, exterior screens. It's suspended from the roof cable net system, um, which is, it's about two, two million pounds and it it's three stories tall, 45 feet tall. And it actually goes around the entire field. So um, that in itself was, was a feat, but being able to construct this project with, with so many different features like that um, the team that we had was just truly magnific magnificent. Um, they were from all over the world, material from all over the world. Um, and we all worked together, whether you were on the roof team, you were on the Oculus, you were on the interiors, you were on the, the field or the stadia seating or the exterior flat work and site work and, and all that. We all came together and, and um, looking at some statistics, um, it's been said that over 17,000 people um, were involved or affected by this project alone. And that, you know, that's construction, that's the thought process, that's, you know, whether it be people that are involved in working there now in operations, but but to to affect more than 20,000 people without even having a fan in the venue yet is, is 
it, it's magnificent. And, and the fact that it's going to host the Super Bowl next year and, and the BCS national championship after that and the Olympics and, and all that kind of thing. And it's a monument. Um, it's, it's one of those milestone projects or milestone key things in your life that you'll never, you'll never forget. It'll always be there. Um, and I was fortunate enough to, to be part of it. So I want to preface this by saying, I assume you signed a non-disclosure. So there may be something <laughs> that you, you probably can't share, but what are some really cool things about the stadium that you could tell us about? Well, yeah, we did, uh, sign an NDA at the beginning of the job. Um, which is still in effect for me. I always see myself, but I can obviously share anything that's shared publicly Public, in, in the right. media and whatnot. Um, uh, the unique thing is it is, it's technically not a roof on top, it's, it's a canopy structure. So if you look um, down at the end zone behind me, you see those, the, the, the oval shaped hole with the columns, that's actually open airflow. So the roof or the canopy structure is not attached to the to the stadium itself. It's it's supported by those blade columns, and that's its own independent structure. The bowl structure or the seating areas and all the interiors is its own structure, which is uh, built on seven hundred piles that that are cored into the ground and uh, cast in concrete, and and that's the foundation of the bowl structure. And then outside of that is is a hundred foot tall mechanically stabilized earthwork wall, which we call an MSC wall which was constructed hundred feet all the way up. That's everything on top of it, whether it be canyons to enter the building or the flat work sidewalk, lighting, landscape, all that to get into the building, that's its own structure. So that's not connected to the canopy roof because they're isolated and it's not con uh, connected to the bowl structure. So all three independent systems act independently in a, in a seismic event or an earthquake. So. It's truly unique. It's Southern California. You have to you have to plan for seismic, and um, some other fun facts. All the events that I stated they were going to host. Obviously, you see the the scoreboard. Um, there's a lake park uh, out front, 16 million gallon lake with a 12 foot cascading waterfall and upper lake and lower lake. So that's like the grand entrance that comes up into American Airlines Plaza which has, has all the pools and waterfalls through the, the stairwell. Is this complex attached to it also? So this structure itself is the stadium. There's a plaza. And then on, under the same canopy roof structure, um, there's a performance venue, which is a 6,000 seat performing arts center. And then that plaza goes down to the street level, which, which has the, the 16 million gallon lake park. That is the majority of the entertainment across the street. Um, they're developing or they're just finishing up an NFL network building um, in that site. And then there is 26 acres of retail residential um, future development area that's currently ongoing as well. Um, I'm not part of managing that process, but we did do the infrastructure. So storm, water, sewer, and all the dry utilities working and built up the streets to, to set them up to, to proceed with that. And then, and then finally, there's a, what we call the Panhandle. That's, that's another 58 acres. It's a large parking area currently, but um, that will end up having a future development, which I'm not going to share because I don't know, you know, things could change and, and, and I don't know when that's proceeding, but there, that's, it's about a 298 acre site. So it was the largest undeveloped piece of land in LA County at the time. Um, and it used to be the, the Hollywood Park horse racetrack. So it's right next to the forum. It's across the street. So so I'm starting to get old. So if we have to cut this, we can cut it. But <laughs> I thought I recalled that you okay. said that you could see on top of the roof uh, mm -hmm. video. Is that 
Is that true? Yes, yes. That's one of the most unique features and probably one of my favorite. Um, the the top of the roof, as you can see, the the light blue kind of holes in the in the background behind me. Um, those are actually panels that open up for airflow. But if you were in an airplane or a helicopter or could see overhead, um, you would see that the vid the roof displays video. So. Um, there was a Monday night football game this year where the Los Angeles Rams were playing at Tampa Bay. However, the game was being displayed on the roof at the same time. So um, that is, is, is to me in, in itself is kind of next generation, next level technology. And what what SoFi Stadium and, and the team is going to be able to do is with marketing and video and and all that going on. Um, it's really exciting. And I and I, I enjoy just watching it, being able to step back and see it from that thirty thousand feet. Um, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. So Vincent, we have a lot of uh, young members or folks that just graduated from college or just starting their their careers. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any advice for them? Uh, anything that you wish you had known then that you know now? Yes. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to. To get out of your comfort zone that's when you you truly grow and that's that's where i grew that's where i stepped up to the the true gentleman tent and said okay you know what i might be a little bit older but but i need something to be involved and i'm ready to do this and and, and they embrace me and, and i'm still friends with them today and um so my advice is step out of your comfort zone get involved um is from an sae standpoint yes we have a lot of fun yes we, we want to focus on many social aspects of SAE, but those won't be the only memories you have the rest of your life. Um, if you haven't been able to volunteer before joining or, or you haven't been able to volunteer as much, probably not with COVID and the pandemic, but, but get out there. Nothing makes you feel better. A hangover doesn't make you feel good. But when you're out there helping a community, Children's Miracle Network, or, or anyone on campus, you're getting involved. That's those are the memories you make. Those are the friendships you make. Um, from the time I got out of the military, I joined social service organizations, even at Long Beach, where you had to do 100 hours of community service per semester, plus maintain the GPA and be involved on campus and all that other jazz. But but get involved. I mean, all you have in life is time, so don't waste it. And and if you get involved on campus. That's where you're going to make your friends, and that's where you're going to connect with people that are just like you. If you play sports and you do the intramurals, well, now you're meeting new people that are just like you, and you develop those connections. And next thing you know, you have a class together, you have that major together, and and so many of my friends that I went to school with are now in different industries, and because I was able to have that experience with them, now we can lean on each other. Whether we want, we're looking for a job, we want to refer someone for a job. Um, or we just need advice on, you know, what to do because that's outside of our, our, our normal work day. Um, but my, my advice is just get involved, do as much as you can while you can do it, and then attend the, the, the leadership opportunities that SAE has to offer. Um, I was part of the Bahamas cruise twice when there was a national leadership school, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I was there as a student, and then I was there as like a volunteer staff. Um, I was part of our Western States leadership school, which was, which was formerly a, a a school for the Western United States in Las Vegas. I did that three times. And then in the province, I was part of the province leadership school three times. Um, I was part of the uh, Leadership Institute at, at uh, in Chicago. Go to the temple. I know when you're a student, you don't have a lot of money and, and you're kind of you're trying to 
to, to do what you can to get by and whatnot, but apply for the scholarships. I don't know how many actives we have that nearly most of them could have a scholarship right now, but they don't even apply for it. And the scholarship can be used for, for a various number of things. So use a scholarship, apply for a school, apply for an award and, and, and enjoy those opportunities. That temple is there for all of us. And, and especially when an undergraduate, that's kind of the, the next step to, to being involved with this thing for the rest of your life. So just do as much as you can while you can do it because I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, I don't go to campus anymore, right? I don't have time for that. I don't get involved with, with anything that's, that's going on around there. I, I talked to a handful of alumni that I was in school with. And um, because of that, I wish I would have done more, even though I did a lot, you always wish you could have done more. So, so get involved and, and, and challenge yourself to grow. And, and it doesn't matter if it's the president of the university or, or the person that's cleaning the university when there's no class going on, just, just make those connections and talk to treat everyone with respect. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, Indiana games, I have uh, two of my, my pledge brothers roommates. Um, every time the, the Hoosiers are on, we have a text. <laughs> Unfortunately, it hasn't been that great. <laughs> hasn't been that good lately. But yeah. I, I, I get to talk to them, you know, Grace, I got I get to talk to them once a week, twice a week, just because mm -hmm. of that. And, uh, you know, I'm 60 years old, and I'm still talking to these guys like we're 20. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we yeah. could still go, like we could throw it up. But, yeah, uh, and you can you can rely on them, and I even right. find when I'm traveling, you know, if I'm going to Georgia, I know, you know, Mr. Rogers, and I live up the street from my advisor. Uh, when I was, I saw his house, like I want to live in that community, and now I live up the, you know, in the next community up the street, and and we're great friends, Matt Jones, and um, even if I was in Northwestern or Chicago, you know, I could I have connections there, and anywhere you go, once you're in this organization, you can find an alumni association, um, and and connect with people that 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 are good for you that that that'll that'll excel you and not not kind of drag you down which is good it's professionals in, in the in the real life career industry so i think that's that's a really good point you just made sa is for life and i think mm -hmm. people need to realize that and they need to leverage that and um it, it's funny i saw something on facebook somebody said i, I want uh, I, I need some advice i said i said call me you know, and that's why we're here. You know, somebody helped us and now we want to help somebody else. And that's just the way we're programmed. So Vincent, you, you've been great tonight. Anything else, any final thoughts you want to share before we, we let you go? Yeah. And I want to continue on with what you were saying with, with utilizing the network. Um, a lot of us as an alumni or even as active, you don't want to, you know, you might struggle to pay dues or memberships or donations. And yeah, it's a nonprofit organization. It needs money to function. But that's not the sole purpose of this this connection, these friendships. So, um, you can get involved without opening up your wallet. You can you can volunteer your time. You can mentor a kid. Mentor a cup of coffee at Starbucks, you know, with an hour long goes, conversation goes with an undergraduate way. can change their life, um, or or a recommendation for an internship or anything like that. So so don't think because if you're an alumni watching this or you're about to graduate and you're going into that alumni realm. Just get connected with with the alumni organization, whether you have the money to give or you don't, or you want or you don't. That that'll come because the more you invest your time, I feel like the more purpose you'll feel behind that that donation if you make it. But that's not what it's all about. It's about the connections and helping the next generation come up. It's time and treasure, right? Could be <laughs> time more. and treasure. Yeah. Right. So Vincent, thank you so much. You've been awesome uh, again. So I really appreciate you doing this for us. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you.
In this episode, Vincent teaches us a few important lessons. The first is that not all paths are the same towards the same destination. The second, and I quote, remain honest to what you want and what your aspirations are. Vincent attributes his success first and foremost to his determination and not taking no for an answer. He also speaks to the importance of self-reflection, accurately communicating your goals, asking questions, and stepping out of your comfort zone. Additionally, he encourages young members to take advantage of their membership and use the SAE network to connect with other brothers. Jeremy, this guy, he is quite literally encouraging everyone to take advantage of SAE and everything that it brings brings to us. And to, on top of that, he sounded like a really great guy in this interview. So I'm mm-hmm. really happy that everyone got to enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, aren't you? Yeah, no, I mean, just you perfectly summed it up. I mean, the way you summed it up, I want that embroidered on a canvas and hung on my wall. Like that that just, you know, embodies the whole message that Vincent was trying to communicate. And I think, you know, he definitely did that. And I hope that everyone took a lot from this interview. For sure. All right. Well, we have made it to the end. You know what that means, Jeremy. You know what that means. I'm so ready. Oh, are you ready, Cody? I'm so ready. Okay, so here we go. The trivia question for today's episode. So, as anyone who's a brother by now, I'm sure we have all memorized all eight founding member members that have been memorized, you know, in our heads, right? I would hope so. So, Cody, do you know the abbreviation NNJJ SWATs? You just put me on the spot, man. Am I supposed to know this? No, 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 no. That's just something that they <laughs> taught me as an undergrad. It's the easiest way to memorize all eight founders. But, you know, that, you know, besides I was the point, not taught that. <laughs> I was not taught that whenever I was, uh, when I was entering the SE as a uh-huh. sophomore. Um, but that, uh, I'm sorry that I did not help with that. Can you continue now? <laughs> sure. Well, you know, besides starting up the great organization that it is today, each founder also contributed something. Uh, individually to SAE. Now, you know, I'm not going to ask what each founder did, but I will ask for the roles of two of the founders, which brings me to my two-part trivia question of the day. Which founder was the first ever president of SAE and which founder designed the badge? Okay. And you think you know them, Cody? Uh, I think I do, but obviously I'm not going to say it. Um, we need everyone to come come flood the our direct messages our dms as uh you know everyone likes to call them uh on social media or you can email us at uh, communications at sae.net um so i think hope i'm hoping everyone understands by now what we do you just heard the trivia question so now you gotta go to our instagram or our twitter account or like i say you can email us at communications at sae.net our twitter account at se 1856 our instagram is just at sigma alpha epsilon and uh just just tell us the answer to the trivia question make sure you say like oh this is for the trivia question and then say the answer that way i know uh i'm most likely the one who will see it so i again we've given out some really cool prizes one of the first prizes we gave away was uh this really cool uh se uh flat bill hat it was uh had the gold greek letters of sigma alpha epsilon uh on the front and uh like i said it's a snapback so it fits everyone's head even your big head jeremy 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, that was a really cool prize. I think that people were like that. And again, you, you can go and get that and other things at the SAE store, which is at uh, saestore.net. Um, so again, if you get the question right. I can't promise it's going to be you, but you have a really good shot at, at getting something. So just go answer the trivia question on social media or email us and uh, I'll choose someone and we will, uh, you know, give you a shout out on social media eventually. And um, yeah, Jeremy, uh, with that said, uh, again, we are your hosts, Cody Del Mendo and Jeremy Bellman. Thank you for tuning in for more information about the SE foundation and its initiatives, visit SE.net and stay tuned for brand new episodes focusing on all things SE and exciting interviews with notable alumni. Jeremy, anything else? Nope. It was, uh, once again, a pleasure being here, Cody. Great job as always. Thanks again for listening in everyone. Stay tuned for the next episode. Epsilon, epsilon, oh, 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 oh,